Okay, the city is lively. It's been, people are honking. It must be a, a honk type of a day. But it is Friday, May 7th, 2021. Curtis Alexander Sterneman coming at you. And not too sure where it's going, but having a good time doing it. Still want to keep doing these and just have something to look back on and and kind of consider, you know, where I've been, where I'm going and, you know, some of the things that I want to get done in my life. Is it a long life? Is it a short life? I keep getting told that it's a short life, but there are some days where it feels a little bit longer. But you got to make the most of everything. You got to just remember that when you look back at what you did, that they're either going to be good memories or bad memories. And even for some of the bad ones, they're just opportunities to, I guess, look at things through uh, a different looking glass. So one thing that I've been doing lately is trying to think of things in a way where it's not so much the experience that took or maybe wasted my time, but it's an experience that might have prevented something worse happening in the future. I hinted at it in uh, one of my recordings a couple weeks ago. I got I did I got in a car accident in a town called Moline, Illinois, and I'm a little bit more comfortable talking about it right now because it was with a rental car, and getting in a car accident with a rental was it's always been like a an a fear of mine, like an irrational fear of mine, just because I don't own the car. Um, it's just I always like I'll always like waive the protection plan because I I go through my own insurance, so if you know, if anything does happen, because I do have uh, driver's insurance through, you know, for the sake of, of me, Geico, uh, they cover anything that would happen with a rental. So I would waive the protection and I got in a car accident. And it was a pretty wild accident, to be completely honest. I thought about it over and over and over after the fact, because the car that I hit, it was an interesting situation, was actually a brand new car that was delivered to a dealership. And the driver was an employee of the dealership who was taking the car to get gas before its first day on the lot. So what happened was, it was a really big intersection. I was just about to get to the highway. And I had a really good week, a long week in Iowa. And so I'm crossing the border. Moline is just over the border of Iowa and Illinois. And I'm coming, there's three lanes. And then after the stoplight is where three lanes merge into two. So I've done this driving maneuver you could say hundreds of times where you go into the merge lane get you know past the the stoplight and then there you go you're home free so this new car started to creep forward after the red light he had the red light and the car kept creeping forward and you know of course you know i mentioned it with thomas and i mentioned it with max is i've kind of had like murphy's law Growing up, you know, there would it's kind of those moments where it's like, okay, if this is what's on my mind and, and this is what I'm worried about, then that might be the thing that happens. So I'm in this BMW that I paid $60 to have this luxury upgrade for the whole week because I was in the car for like four days. So I was thinking, you know, I'll if, if I can't expense the $60 because it was an upgrade, then I'll cover it. But I'm going to be comfortable driving through Iowa. So I'm in this BMW and I'm I, I mean, I did a really good job driving it the whole week, but then, you know, I'm coming up on this intersection. I had the green light. I was in that far lane, but that far lane was the closest lane to a car in the cross intersection. So that car kept creeping forward, kept creeping forward. As I'm nearing this green light, I have the green light. And so in a, in, in a moment, I have to kind of choose of three options here. Okay, so I'm nearing this car who I don't think realizes how far they're creeping forward. And I can either veer to the left, which isn't really an option because that's where the traffic in the other two lanes are. I could keep going straight, and now we're considering a T-bone. And in the worst case scenario, I could actually end up hitting this driver in the driver's side door. And then my third option, luckily no one was beside him in the intersection, so I can veer right. And I can go into that intersection and try to miss his. I honestly thought that I wasn't going to hit the car at all. I thought that I had reacted quick enough. I mean, in my defense here, I'm having to react to a car that is pretty much in the middle of a lane of an intersection that he had the red light at. 
So by the time I react, my the front left of the the car hits his back left, and he was he was pulled out really far. So the car accident happens, and then I'm my my first goal in any car accident that I'm in is just get out of the way, get out of the way because we've all been in uh, traffic where there's a car accident, and we're just always thinking, why are you still on the road? Why? <laughs> Why haven't you gone to the shoulder of the road? What are you doing? So I I start to go towards uh, the shoulder. And then the second thought is like, oh, God, I, you know, how in the world would I even think about leaving? But just in case he thought that there was any concern, because it's high stress. So I, I like park really quick. There was no cars there. So I just get out. I'm like, hey, you know, just I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Don't please don't go anywhere. Like, I'm just trying to get to the shoulder. So we pull over. And then I see this red pickup. That was in the merge lane that saw the whole thing happen. So I'm like, please, sir, please wait until the police officer gets here and just, you know, please, whether I, whether how it went down is how it went down for me, just to, to say that you saw what happened to, to give your side of it. And he's like, okay. So the police officer gets here and, and just to kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of sum it up a little bit is, you know, as the police officer was going, you know, back and forth to get stories, uh, after I say mine, she goes to the older gentleman who was in the red pickup. What did you see happen? And the gentleman goes exactly what that young man said. So it was just one of those moments where I didn't know exactly what I was going to get out of it when it was all going down. But I'm trying to stay optimistic as optimistic as I can after it happened, because what's it going to do to get upset about something that has already happened? And the only thing I can do is just start to work to alleviate the issue and, and kind of get back, literally get back on the road and get back on track and keep moving forward. And so one of the thoughts that I had was, who knows if getting in that car accident didn't prevent something worse happening if I had gotten on the highway? Or who knows if getting in that car accident didn't now make me more cautious of driving in general because I haven't been in a car accident in a long time and, and not one where it was, I've never been in one where I had to, you know, kind of look at the situation and go, okay, what is it that I'm going to be doing? Am I going to be doing A, B, or C and, and what? So in kind of a silver lining way to, to, to look back at the decision I made and to almost have confidence in myself in the sense of, wow, you know, I could have, done a or b which would which would have been a lot worse and so instinctually i'm not doing too bad for myself so it kind of gives me that confidence and and that's one of the weird things about life is the the longer the older you get and the more days you start to accrue for yourself i mean it really is like you're just surviving <laughs> you know you're you're able to work through problems day in and day out and you're able to just keep pushing forward and and whatever you are made of is made of something that's going to stay alive on this on this planet and you're going to thrive and you're going to do well. And so it's just some of those moments where it's so hard sometimes to get some positivity out of those, but if you can just spin it and think about well who knows in this like the weirdest thing was I had never done a work visit or a work week where on the so it's almost like if you want to think about it like a roller coaster like Monday I'm getting everything prepped and I'm like making sure I'm getting all these meetings finalized and I'm I'm getting everything planned I'm getting the material ready that I'm gonna have uh, for the offices to leave behind and so it's kind of building that roller coaster and then and then you get to that peak and everything's right in its place and, and you got everything lined up and meetings are going well conversations are going well and then you're just enjoying the ride and, and you put the work in you're doing everything right and then at the end of the work week that roller coaster is kind of coming to a slowdown and you're getting home you're going to look back at the week you're going to get everything in place and you're going to have kind of that descent that slowdown so to be in that mindset going from Iowa to going back home and then to have that happen was just the weirdest like I couldn't help but think about where on the highway would I be right now? How close to home would I be right now? Because getting in a car accident and being stuck in a town 
a small town and having to get a hotel room because I couldn't get a new rental car until the I got the insurance claim number, which I thought actually I had to get the insurance claim number, which you don't get until they go through with processing. So the police report ended up I wasn't at fault because not only did my story check out, I really was the only one who kind of had the story because I saw it and then the older gentleman attested to it. But because it was I I'm not gonna speculate, but the dealership did want to contest it. And so when I first was told how to kind of get the whole rental car process going with, you know, getting in an accident and if you don't have the protection plan, they just can't handle it all. It has to go through your insurance. And in order for that to happen, they have to get the insurance claim from the people who the other people who are involved. Well, they really only need the policy number. And so I didn't know that. So I was waiting around to basically see, okay, dealership, I'm very sorry that this happened, but I need the insurance claim number because I can't get another rental car until the rental car company has the information to start processing this. So they called the police officer the next day to view some footage they had, which is really hard to see from the angle that they had. And I, I never called anybody. The, the, the rental car payment went through like a week after the accident. So I'm assuming that whatever footage, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it goes to the insurance company. I'm not a lawyer. They're not a lawyer. So that's, it kind of showed me, Oh, that's, that's what car, car insurance companies do. That's great. But the police officer comes and and she's like, okay, so so what's going on? Like kind of just that base question. I go, well, this is what I know. I know that I need to get this rental car back to a rental car facility uh, in order for them to have the car. And I know that in order for them to allow me to get a new car, I have to have a uh, insurance claim number. And she goes, no, you just need the policy number, which she got at the time of the crash. So I guess hindsight, I didn't need to stay at in the town overnight. But like I said, in the moment, I was just trying to, you know, take as much optimism as I could out of it. So I was thinking, well, who knows what could have happened if I kept going or who knows what I learned by this happening. So, you know, and kind of underneath it, I don't know what it is, but BMWs, I just, I don't know if I don't really like them, but, or if like... <laughs> Historically speaking, I've always been cut off by people who drive them. So when I got the option to do the upgrade, I was like, all right, let's see what they're about. Let's what's going on here. And the fact that I kind of had that mindset going into it. And then like four days later, it was like, and crashed the BMW. You know, I feel like I, I get to close the book on BMWs and, and never look back. But I mean, it was it was a good it was a good week. It was a nice car. I had fun. Uh, but yeah, you know, I got over that fear. You know, I got in a car accident in a rental, and that was something that I don't know why it was always like something that stood out to me as far as, you know, a lot of things could happen as long as this doesn't. And and so it happened, and I'm still here, and, you know, I'm lucky about it. And uh, the dealership, they wanted to subpoena. Well, they the, the police officer said that they had to, I think, subpoena the footage from the intersection because they had cameras all up um, on the stoplights. And I was thinking immediately, like, oh, that'd be kind of interesting to see. But how am I going to email, like, a police department and be like, hey, can you just, like, send me that video file? of?" Because I feel like if they have to subpoena the state or the city to get it, then they're not just going to send me. Because you're talking about people's license plate numbers, like, you can't, or I, I guess I should say I couldn't have expected that to just go smoothly, I guess. But yeah, that was, uh, you know, I'm probably not playing it up as much as it, it was in the moment because I was just, I was so heated by the fact that I knew to a T how it went down because it stood out so much. Like literally his car stood out into the intersection so much. And I've done that driving maneuver where, it's the lanes to merge and just thinking, okay, well, awesome. I've got the green light. For some reason, there's nobody in this third lane, so I'm just going to kind of make the most of that. And boom, I thought I would be on the highway. But instead, boom, I am now avoiding a T-bone. And the airbags didn't go off, which was interesting. And one of the guy, the guy from the dealership, he came over, and, and I had said something like that, like, um, 
that's so great that, well, I mean, we're not hurt. Like, that's amazing. Like, number one, always. And then I said, the airbags didn't even go off. And he goes, yeah, well, I know it's going to sound a little weird, but our cars think more than we think they do. And I get what he's saying. It was, I think maybe if he didn't preface it with like, this might sound weird, uh, I wouldn't be like (laughs) kind of smirking about it, but yeah, airbags didn't go off. We were fine. Everything was good. And you just be thankful, I guess, you know, I got to spend a night in, in Moline, Illinois. So that was fun. That was the first night I tried Chipotle's cauliflower rice for, I think it's like $2 extra. I don't know if I've eaten too much cauliflower rice before leading up to that because I didn't get like the why. I feel like, it, hey, if you're going to go to Chipotle, get the like, get that great taste of the rice that they make. Uh, I wasn't a, a big fan of the cauliflower rice, but, you know, I guess as the theme of anything to each their own, you got to just, if you like it, you like it. But I haven't done a um, an alone podcast in a while, recording podcasts the p word i haven't done alone recording in a while but i'm excited about tomorrow because tomorrow is mother's day and i somehow got my mom to agree to do a recording with me and so i'm very excited to see how that's gonna go i don't have i don't know yet if i should have some questions written down one of the things that she asked as soon as i asked her was is there gonna be an agenda and i was like God, I don't know, because then it kind of goes against like, I like the whole like free form, just kind of what comes up type of uh, flow to these. But it's my mom, you know, if she wants some, you know, uh, comfort in the agenda. I got to create the agenda. You know, um, I'm going to take a sip here. I've been making Greek coffee and I think I'm getting worse at it because it's getting darker and more gritty than when it was made for me once. So I'm just going to... S- I'm going to slurp this for a second. Greek coffee. I like to think that I'm not like, I hope that's not like a hipster thing of me to be like, oh, new way to do this. I'm all on board. I really do like it. I think it's like, I don't know, just different, but ah. I'm staying in check a lot. That's kind of the theme of of what I not only want to hold myself accountable to do, but just to do it for my own my own sake. Uh, I think that you know, as time goes on, what I was feeling as I was kind of getting ready to to do this recording was, you know, I think with you know talking with Max a couple times, and then just in the thought of. I, I mean, these are growing, like everybody's doing a podcast. And so it really kind of takes a, a, a step back from, you know, when I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like when I first started doing these, I thought it would be interesting to see, like, I wonder what could happen. I wonder where it could go. Like in the back of my mind, I was kind of, there's, there's, I put hope in that and there's still hope for it because I think that what I'm starting to realize and this is kind of what I'm getting at with just like staying in check about things is if I go into these and I think, oh, God, the things I'm saying, you know, people are just going to be, you know, uh, searching for these and, and they're going to love these and they're, oh, God, I can't wait to, for people to hear the words I have to say. That's not reality. Like, that's not the the current situation. And I don't think it will ever be. So to stay in check with it, I really have to say to myself, okay, I know that it feels good to kind of think outside of work and think outside of like routine and and what my plans are for the future. I know that that's something that I benefit from doing. And just to talk, not talk just to talk, but to talk with like a guided person, uh, person, a, a guided purpose, but with it having very loose structure. And so that is something that I know helps me. But from there to think that I need to use that to like discover things that are going to connect and like build something for others is not my place. I If I wanted to do that and I wanted to be taken seriously for doing that, I think I'd go into 
psychology. I think I would go into a field where I had to research how the mind works. I had to research how, um, you know, people interact and, and like behavioral and, and societal psychology, but I'm not doing that. And so I think just to kind of take a step back and say, you know, when I do press record and I do start to kind of talk through just whether it's my day or just something that I went through, that I don't get caught up in this idea that I have to like present myself as this worldly person that thinks such deep things because if I don't do that, then then I'm just another guy. But with how much I've been hearing about people doing these podcasts and like starting them, whether it's just um, birthed out of people just having more time on their hands and, and seeing that it is as easy as just getting a microphone, looking up some some editing software and then kind of off to the races, or if people really do see the opportunity to have it be like a side gig. And if they get enough of a following, then they can start to do advertisements. They can start to get paid through just doing something very relaxing. So if this is an opportunity for somebody who is, is trying to kind of, they're giving me the time to, to listen, but they don't really understand where it's going. I just want to kind of get ahead of it and say, this was never and is never going to be intended to be an ad machine. And if for whatever reason, and I couldn't even, I couldn't predict it if I put all of my mental effort into thinking that this would happen, it ever became something where, cause my brother, he did Twitch for like, I think like three days or like maybe a week. And he, he's, you know, thinking it wasn't a, a real uh, interest. It was just somebody kind of messing with him and texting him from a number he didn't know where they're like, Hey, we'll pay you to, to do this or to act this way on your, on your feed. I, you know, I don't know if that's like, like I said, I just, I, if, some for some reason someone comes knocking and they're like hey uh you've been doing this for this long you've got this many i think i've got like nine people that decided to click the follow button so i'm just speaking i do this a lot where i like go down i I really stretch it out in the future very unlikely you know just really forward thinking which isn't the best thing for me all the time because i think that that's where i've been on dates where not at all anymore because I've I've been uh it's just come back in my face so many times but I've been on dates where I've mentioned stuff like dating um what you look for and as far as this and just the reality shock of like oh my god I think I do overthink <laughs> I think I do but it's not just overthinking about like the one moment it's, it's taking one example of a moment and then stretching as far as I can and then people no other mindset is there because that's not fun it's not fun to to like be so removed from the present that you're thinking so far ahead there's advantages to it i'm not going to sit here and say that i think i have to bash that trait of mine so much because i think that being able to forward think and kind of piece things together is beneficial um but i think that sometimes it gets out of hand when you I don't remind myself that there is so much variability in life that to think I could sit here in this moment and think I know realistically to the T of like what something could look like or how something would feel or how something would go in like six months, a year, three, five, however long is just delusional. And sometimes it's good to throw that hard... (laughs) D word out just it's delusional because that it does such a good job of like reeling everything back and being like okay I don't know I don't but if I can just stay in check with whether or not this goes anywhere outside of just this convenient upload platform that connects to Spotify because I use Spotify and it's just something that you know, there are times where in sales, I'm in sales, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, where you put so much effort and energy and, and it's fun and it, it, to connect with people. I mean, that's, that's why I love what I do is because I get to 
go into a new environment and even leading up to that research as much as I can about what can I do to provide, what can I do to offer assistance or, or to offer support to, you know, who I'm going to be selling to. And at the end of some of those meetings, because I tried so hard to, to see their, their perspective and to see where I fit in, I leave and it's, you know, and maybe I'll be in the hotel room that night or, or maybe it'll be after a long week and I get home and it's just like, okay, so this is, this is how we're going to move forward for all of these doctors, all of these people. And I'm so glad that, you know, I get to be a part of kind of supporting all of that, but what am I going to do now? It's the weekend. What am I going to do now to kind of relevel myself and get ready for another good week? And so that's kind of what this is, not only in recording it, but seriously, I will listen back and just listen to the tone, listen to, you know, what are some things that as I'm talking now, maybe I don't realize I'm saying, what are some kind of reoccurring thoughts or, you know, what are some moments that I hesitate when I'm talking and, and maybe those are some things that I can look back to. So you know, it's interesting as I say that out loud, it's kind of like I'm I'm replacing that part of my thinking that was fulfilled through watching uh, tape, uh, f- uh, film in, for co- uh, football. I don't know why that was so hard to say because I, I was I said tape and I'm like, when was the last time we used a VHS for <laughs> for watching anything? But that I get. Uh, I find a lot of success in, in kind of having that, that process, that protocol for, okay, if this is, if my ability to communicate and my ability to listen and then like active listening and then to provide the things that I know, I guess I can, as far as service, support, assistance, uh, resources, then being able to kind of hear myself communicate and then go back listen to it and then to kind of piece it all together and 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 fine tune it and kind of sharpen everything up i think i'm only going to be helping myself so that's kind of another piece of it but the the most fun and this is kind of the last little um bullet of it is i joke about it but even when talking with Max, you know, I'm not going to admit that, you know, I've got like any issues remembering things. I'm not, I don't. In fact, I have a lot of people that tell me, how do you remember those things? How do you remember the details? I kind of see half of it. Like in my head, I can kind of like visualize half of it. I'm not, if I had a photographic memory, I think I'd, you know, who knows where I'd be in life. I think that those, I mean, that's just incredible if people can just like have these snapshots pull up, but I'm kind of like half of it. And I think most people are, but to think that if you just look at, I guess the facts of, of how I've treated my body and, and what I've been through in my life, football got knocked around a lot. I mean, I was on, so it's called scout team with Wyoming. My, uh, junior, no, like end of junior season and senior season. And I started on special teams, but I was on scout team. And I had every single day I was, it was like as a scout player, you're going up against the first string defense. And there were some dudes on that team that, I mean, it was, it was so fun to think like, this is, this is pretty cool that, you know, yes, I'm being thrown in the fire here and I'm just like getting battered around and beaten around. But to think that what we're doing is helping that game day, you know, experience for them and and to, you know, go at it with the attitude of why don't I be the, you know, as close as I can to the first string player on the opposing team. And so I, I mean, I, I would go into like second level blocks going up to linebackers and, oh my Lord, there was this one dude, we would, we would head, head bop. Like there'd be times where, you know, 
I think I got him once in the ear hole, but he got me <laughs> more than once. But every time, whether it was it was either of us, we always kind of like I'd be walking back to the huddle and I'd look at him, and it would just be like that. Damn, dude, good hit. <laughs> just those kind of like pop moments. So I never got told I had a concussion, but there were some of those hits where I look back and I'm thinking, oh, there was something. So I look at just the facts of what I put my body through and I'm thinking worst case scenario, what, what would be the worst thing that happens as a human being who can just feel this amazing joy come from within when they can recall good times in their life and they can, they can, I mean, I've never gotten a level where I can smell certain things. Some people are like, Oh, I can smell. I still remember the smell of this or, you know, when they start to think about memories, but to me, that's, that's just beautiful right there is if I can be any age and look back at times I've had and just to live in that moment and just to know that it almost makes me feel obligated now when I'm in a moment where I'm like, I, this is a good moment. I've got to remember this to kind of take note of all the tiny details that are going to carry as I get older. So the whole point in saying all that is to make it sound a little less irrational when I say, Worst case scenario, I don't want to be in my 60s, in my 70s, and not have some of those little moments. Like, what was my perspective as a 26-year-old? How was I processing the world that I was living in at this time of my life? Because I've already realized journaling is something that I don't think is, is up my alley. I don't think that that's something that I can honestly do long term. It's definitely helped me in some ruts. You know, it's nice because I think in those rut moments, you know, I'm just going to take a sip here, just a little heads up. In those rut moments, you get so kind of trapped in your own head, or at least it felt like I was, where journaling was literally taking these thoughts that were circling in my head and, and having to hold this this thing, this pen and write them down and just to just let myself kind of transfer a little bit uh, just out of my head, even if it was just for the however many seconds it took to take or to write each word and just to get a thought out. And so now that I'm not now that I don't go into those ruts and I don't need this thing to like just severely pull me out and I do want to just do something that's going to be this kind of note taking on a day to day or or week by week, whatever the case, uh, these recordings are just, it's incredible because it's capturing so much more than, because one thing that I am always trying to get better at is not only, because I there are a lot of emails in the work I do, and I think that emails drive a lot if, if you're working anywhere. I mean, emails are like, it's communication of the now. But I always think that, it's not only important how you read somebody's email because you're going to read it in your own inner dialogue voice. Like that's how you're going to perceive. And there are some emails where it's so blatantly obvious that it's coming across in whatever way. But then are you also writing emails that are going to convey? Because everybody, the word the could come across in eight different ways, in eight different, you know, pitches. And I'm being dramatic, but... It's just the idea that there's, I I wish there was a perfect email, but there's not. And so I'm always trying to really focus on tone. And that's something you can only get in these recordings, like true tone, working on true tone, because it doesn't take long for a good conversation to go bad because all of a sudden there was like a shitty tone that came up. Because what it does, and I feel this, so maybe it's just me, maybe somebody else experiences this, but when I'm having a conversation with someone and a shitty tone comes up, it takes whatever connectors I was feeling with that person, which I still don't know the science behind what connecting between two people is. I don't know. I mean, there's something. You definitely feel like a bond growing and and you feel like the world's kind of like Call, you know, you're seeing it through each other's eyes and you start to comment on something with like, oh, wow, I was seeing the same thing. 
and I'm probably overthinking that too. It's just, just, it's just life, man. Like just, <laughs> but when a shitty tone comes up and then everything just deflates. And so sometimes I will go in a circle of how I am explaining something because I'm just trying so hard to stay away from a negative tone coming up because unfortunately in previous experiences, maybe talking about something around that topic, this is where there's some misperception or miscommunication. And so I just want to make sure that they, you know, who I'm talking to completely knows where I'm coming from, even if it takes a couple laps around the block, because it's better than saying something how I think it, maybe they want to hear it, or maybe how I say it in a way where it's like, ah, it's not worth my time to like dive into it more. And now there's a missed opportunity because there's a miscommunication that just got created. And I don't know if that needs an authoritative position to have that perspective. That's just how I view it. I think that it's, again, communication is just something that I think it comes so natural as you get older because we all learn languages. We all learn how to, you know, um, speak. We all learn how to respond, but just to really understand the power of communication and understand that the little things when you're communicating with somebody, whether it's tone, word choice, all of that matters. And I interviewed somebody where that was explicitly brought up and you really have to feel it. You have to feel that everything you're saying means something and you're not just wasting. And I don't even think it that thought comes up for me as wasting. But so that's another you know, benefit that I get out of listening back to these, but you know, I'm 26 years old. I, for some reason, always think, you know, when I'm not too sure how to go about a situation, like what would I think if I was 40? I don't know why 40 sticks out to me. I just think that from the, from what I see my brother uh, going through right now as a 31 year, I wouldn't even say he's going through anything. He's just 31. I don't think that that's I'm sorry, Curtis. I heard about your brother. He's and what he's going through. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. What? Well, he's he's 31. So I heard that that like it's not like he's experiencing this traumatic event by being 31. Did I drive that joke home enough? Probably <laughs> didn't even need to elaborate on it. But I don't want to think that from 20s. Like I can kind of see the issues that come up. Uh, in life between 26 and 30 you know it's how am I going to handle the pressure of feeling like I need to be married at a certain age or have a house at a certain age or have a child by a certain age and is it something does it say something about me if I stress about it if I push through it and don't let that become a focus and and live the life of if it happens, it happens. Or am I missing out on opportunities because I'm trying to prove to myself that I don't need those things at a certain time. So those are some things that I think are going to be societally the biggest challenges uh, between 26 and 30 career wise. I think career wise, I feel like I said that like Kubi wise. I think the 26 to 30 is is prime because you, like for me, I've got experience behind me with the company I'm with. And so now I'm finding that I can have a little bit more drive in, in what I'm pursuing as far as business goals and, and uh, career goals and also have the part of me that's going to develop my personal life. Whereas when you start with any, any company or any job, uh, which... I was driving today. I don't think I have a job. I think I think I love what I do because days don't feel like work. It just feels like I'm learning about something very interesting and very needed in the world, I believe. And I grew up around a dental office. So it feels like home, walking in dental offices all the time. And I had a... I know... Tomorrow, I'm going to be talking with my mom, and I'm really excited about that. And I think for the first time 
just in these past few months because I was in a relationship uh, at the beginning of the year where I hadn't yet addressed the fact that I was putting so much effort into that relationship. One, because I cared a lot about who I was dating. But the other huge piece, which had been reoccurring for me with other people that I had been with, was when <laughs> it's it's crazy how how easy I like hearing this flow out of me is just wild because it's always been such a challenge for me to be like, this is what it was. I'm owning it, but I honestly this is this is pretty wild. So my parents got divorced when I was two. So as far as a family dynamic goes, I really only knew, okay, I've got my brother, I've got my sister, and I've got two parents that they stay cordial enough, but I didn't see them as individuals, which as I've gotten older, just absolutely incredible people. And that's kind of what I'm getting to with this whole buildup here. But I saw them as this, when they got into that that mindset, that that almost like, and like, I don't know if enigma would be the right word, but like that like facade of they were just fighting. It wasn't like they were who they were. They were just that moment and they were just trying to figure. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sure there are words for it. And one of the things I love is I'll listen back to this and be like, oh, you know, I should have said that. But the reoccurring thing for me in relationships that I'd been in is I almost wanted to latch on to, which is not a Freudian slip. I almost wanted to like connect myself with people that came from stability and came from the family life. That was what I always felt I lacked. Now, 26 years old, I've seen a lot more of the world for me to ever sit here and say that I lacked anything with the life that I lived is already wrong. But as I was growing up, I just always felt like that was the thing that was getting in the way of me living the life that we see and that it, it seems so amazing to live is you got your home life, you've got your, your husband, your wife, you know, family, you've got the dog, you've got the the fence, you've got all these things in place that because I didn't see what that looked like on a Wednesday night when there weren't, there weren't vacations to go to or, you know, there weren't, uh, you know, new people to meet as far as like, hey, you know, these are my kids. <laughs> but so in the relationship that I was in, I put so much effort into thinking now's the time I'm 26 I've got to pursue this life I want as much as as much energy as I can and then what came out of that was disconnecting in the relationship because I had an agenda and it wasn't just living day to day and enjoying every moment it was getting frustrated when moments didn't look the same to both of us because I didn't realize at the time that I was pursuing this idea and not just developing myself as a person. And so when I think about 26 to 30 and what focuses I have to have right now, for the first time I'm, I'm looking at it as that's been my whole issue is I just can't, I can't think that I can like equate my way through life that I can find all these variables and I can click them into like this, you know, PEMDAS equation and, and figure out it's going to equal this because the variability is just unbelievable. I mean, things are constantly changing. So, you know, that's one thing where just hearing some of these things come out loud and just out of my head and just to be accountable to the fact that these are the things that, you know, pop up. And these are the things that I feel if I can just kind of see it in front of me, hear it, 
and be able to kind of deduce what I need to out of it. Because here's here's my deep breath moment and and a prime moment to say I am not an authority. Please, I am not an authority. I, I, what I'm about to say is something that I believe to a T, or I I I don't even know if that's the right phrase, but I I used to believe this across the board for about a year and a half. And then I met some amazing people who went through some terrible times and I couldn't have been more wrong. But for me personally, okay, so that whole buildup, and then I'll get back to what I was saying about my dad. But I used a little little slice of, of my childhood, okay, when my parents were going through, so they got divorced when I, I couldn't remember. I was two. And then my dad fought for custody. And he got custody when I was in third grade. So I think my sister then would have been in fifth. Kenny would have been, I think, going in, he would have been in seventh or eighth grade. But we went to therapist because when there are children involved, you have to get the perspective from them to figure out what household is going to be best suited for their upbringing, you know, who's going to support them the best when it goes to, you know, paying for college and getting all these things kind of long-term set up for them. It's not just about marriage. Well, I'm an idiot. They got divorced and then he fought for custody. So, of course, it's just all about us. Okay. This is just, it, I, there's like pressure bringing this up because it's like, I don't want it to come across like I'm like some basket case who has to like process through all this. It really is. I put a lot, not as much anymore because I've, I've come to terms with a lot, but I think for people who, I don't know, if you're, if you're, if, if you are listening and you're getting a perspective of like, wow, I didn't know that all the intricacies of, you know, what it was like to go through a custody, then I hope this helps because if I went through all that and it amounted to me just like giving myself a thumbs up, then why do we go through anything if it's not to potentially help somebody else? So who knows? And like I've already said, I'll probably listen back to this and it'll probably help me anyway. So he, he goes to custody. We're doing the custody battle and we go to these therapists and I swear they said, you know, everything you say here is going to like be kept here. It's all going to be golden, you know, just be honest, be open. We're just trying to do the best we can and, and put, and I don't think they were that upfront, but I'm just kind of putting some fillers in. I'm going to take another sip of coffee because this, this is where it gets pretty real. So we go to therapy. I have no idea what my sister, my brother talked about. We all had our individual therapy sessions and I'll never forget I was in the kitchen at the house the childhood home that I grew up in and my mom had custody at the time and she gets this envelope sent to her and it was the thickest brown I'm going to say envelope this time because I know that envelope sounds weird, but envelope. And she opens it up and it's basically a transcript. If that, if that's the right, but it's our therapy sessions typed out. So as far as trust for therapy, consider that puppy exploded, split in two, deatomized, like... <laughs> completely gone out of the window I couldn't believe it I mean even at the age I was I was just like this is terrible because I was in that environment that therapy environment I was told that everything was going to be confidential and I get it like it's the court system I get it it's how they have to process these things it's how they have to you know help everybody see clarity on, on both sides I, I get that but I also just ask, you know, if the the system <laughs> could see it from the perspective of 
I don't think you realize that although you were trying to do things in this orderly way, you really screwed with, you know, and the opportunity for somebody for somebody to to say, okay, that really did help in the best way. Because there's just no way to comprehend that. Now, you really want to trace it back. The fact that any of it had to start and we had to go through any of it is probably where it starts anyway. But like I said, when I was growing up and I saw my parents have the, you know, you know, discrepancies and whatever and and I saw what that looked like I didn't see them as two different people that that really did love the three of us as much as they can unconditionally to the to the highest of levels but life is complicated sometimes and you just got to do what you need to do to to be happy and and I'm not one of millions and millions and millions of of marriages that work out i'm pretty sure divorce is at like 50 percent, but it's just wild to think that you know i'm at a place now where you know i can't try to think about my past without going through some of those moments so what i was talking about with you know i'm very excited to interview my mom tomorrow for mother's day but i was driving around so it was, it was these last few days, and today kind of clicked everything into place, is I was thinking about my dad. And I lived with my dad, just him and I, my senior, uh, my, well, yeah, my senior year in high school, but all throughout high school. Because, you know, once my sister and my brother got old enough, they, so my dad won custody, and then when my sister and brother got old enough, they actually went back to live with my mom for, you know, a couple different reasons. I think that if you go if you're going through divorce and you're going back and forth one of the hardest things is to maintain friendships with people that you grow up around because you're going back and forth from two different locations uh so i believe that that was one of the reasons that kind of drove my sister to move back with my mom and she was just very close to a lot of really core friendships that she had built throughout the years and then my brother he was about to graduate college or high school so i think it was just a you know, regage a little bit and, and kind of move forward uh, the best uh, before college. So it was just my dad and I. And what at the time I felt was something that got on my nerves so much of him always asking, like, what are you thinking about? What's going on? You know, let's dissect this. Let's like get into this. Have you thought about it like this? I get older and I'm, I couldn't be more grateful and I couldn't be more appreciative of those conversations with how much he had going on in his life to have that level of being able to care even with. And the reason I'm I'm saying all this is I work with a lot of dentists and for what he did, and he still does it, but not at the level that he did. I mean, there's so much in, in the world that's changed, you know, the pandemic enough just because he, he did a lot with supporting the town and like Founders Days and he would do a lot of donations and he would do what he could. Now, yes, he does get the marketing aspect to it because if you're involved in all those things, you know, your, your name's going to be there. But just the level of like high energy, the things he was always able to contribute to and and that was just, I don't know what it was, but it, it just, I looked at, I was thinking about it all and I'm just like, damn, damn. That is just crazy to have that work ethic. And then to also have to go through everything. And I'm not here making excuses for anybody, but just to be at the the side of, and I've, I mean, I've disliked him heavily at times in my life, but I think, you know, any, any kid who's kind of, you know, in the, what would it be? Like, you know, against the grindstone from their parents, they're always going to like have some pushback. But it's just great that, you know, I, I hear sometimes that people don't get to appreciate all that their parents did until it's too late. And so whether it's overthinking or not, whether it's me thinking I'm 26 years old, but I'm considering life as if I was 40 <laughs> and what, you know, how I want to look back at, you know, these 14 years 
what are some of the thoughts that pop up? And one of them is I want to appreciate the hell out of my mom and my dad because it's so sad to see people lose family members and just not take those minutes a day or or whatever and, and just appreciate them. So, you know, those moments, I don't have control over those moments when they're going to hit me like a ton of bricks and I'm just going to think, you know, things differently, but I have to, you know, start welcoming them a little bit more. And, you know, I hope that I can get him on, on one of these recordings and, and just kind of talk through some stuff with him because it really is wild. I, I once told him a couple months ago, actually was, you know, he gave, he gave me an advantage growing up because he would talk to me like I was an adult when I was just a little shithead teenager. And the advantage was he helped me see the world through like a very analytical, you know, although you might, and the one thing I can't stand when he says it, and I still hear it from him sometimes today. He goes, I know you might not be ready to hear this, but this is what I'm going to say. And I, I dislike it so much because it makes me think I'm trying so hard <laughs> to like stay calm and collected. Not that I look angry or upset or anything, but if I start like getting to where I'm replying quicker and quicker to the things he says, he's like, okay, you're in your mindset. I know you're not going to like, you know, you're not ready to hear this. And I'm like, damn it. I'm ready. Like, <laughs> look at my body language. Like I'm, come on, I'm calm. But that was kind of like, the those were kind of the situations in high school and and so it's just really nice to I'm very fortunate to have had those experiences and I'm very grateful that because of just the the privileges I've had growing up and in the place that I'm at in my life right now I get to kind of reflect and and see those moments for what they were and so I'm really excited about Mother's Day. My mom's going to kick my ass in golf. She's so good at golf, and I'm so bad at golf. But it's going to be fun. And I guess if, you know, I I think about, you know, as I'm getting older and, you know, when I get really old, like what are some things that I want to look back at and, and just kind of smile as I as I hear them and and – for me, I think that one day I'll share, you know, some of the experiences that I had playing college football. I think that it's they're good stories to tell and, and people get excited hearing about them. Um, you know, some others are some stories that can only come out when I'm around certain friends, not because of any like privacy issues or I'm, I'm ashamed of any of them. But sometimes it just feels like you'll be hanging out with the right person and like oh my i haven't thought about that in forever that's crazy but i don't know maybe you know i'm coming up on an hour i think i've i've talked enough for for this session and i'm just excited that like i i mentioned with you know some of the busy weeks and and just kind of having that grounding and i always mention it and it's kind of my my safe space word is grounding it's just to be able to think I don't care where this is going I don't need the attention I promise you I know that sometimes on social media it seems quite the contrary but I don't need the attention I just want to be proud of something that I did when I I want to combat the irrational fears that I have and one of them is, I don't, I mean, maybe it's because my my dad's, or my my mom's dad uh, passed away for uh, from a brain aneurysm. So maybe that's like a rooted thing. Maybe that's the subconscious kind of coming out in this and being like, you know, to hear that as a, as a young kid, I didn't really, I didn't know my grandpa. And to hear that that happened and, and just to be like, oh my, and then to talk to people and they're like, nobody, I mean, there are things that happen. Uh, in your brain like a a brain lesion or you think about Alzheimer's and just to that's an irrational fear of mine if I can break through that puppy 
and just know that I can't worry about it because I'm doing something about it. I'm not letting it be this like back of my mind because it, I'm going to age. I'm going to get old. It's inevitable. So why not instead of trying to like live in the delusion of, oh, it's, you know, well, I'm young now, so who cares? To actually kind of sit back in that a little bit to to say this is life, I guess this is just what happens. And, you know, I, I lived a hell of a ride, <laughs> you know, but. Who knows? I don't What am I going to title this? What in the world? I'll think of something. So it's, again, it's May 7th. It's 2021. For anybody that's listening, which who can, I don't know. It's just going to be me. I'm, I'm so excited to listen back to this. This is going to be a good one. Have a great, you know, happy, happy Saturday. It's Friday. Oh my God. Oh, geez. I'm interviewing her on Sunday. What am I doing? What am I doing? All right. I'm good at closing, I swear. Have a good night.